Hello, and welcome to the Alchemy of Art podcast with your host, Addie Hirschton. Join us as we share folk tales and true stories about artists and the creative process. All right, our quote of the day is by Basquiat. He said, I don't listen to what art critics say. I don't know anybody who needs a critic to find out what art is. Hello everyone, my name is Addie Hirshton. I'm a painter, uh, art teacher, author, and public speaker. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories about art and the creative process to inspire you, to help you move forward, to help inspire me, to help me move forward. And on this show, I interview a variety of artists from different mediums, different philosophies, so that we can learn from each other's processes. And um, and let me just add to understand that we're not always coming from the same place. We don't have the same goals. And if we can hear each other's stories and talk about it, then it's my hope that we will bridge gaps and we'll learn from each other and, dare I say, not be so close-minded. Um, today's podcast features an interview with the muralist Jules Muck. Okay, um, personal announcements from me and my world. For those of you who listen to this podcast often, you know that I recently opened up my own art teaching studio and it is rocking. We are having a great time with open studio sessions where we are gathering a wonderful, fun-loving group of people who are coming in to paint and learn and grow with each other and um, it is no holds barred there and I just... I, I'm loving it. I just uh, released the spring classes that I'm going to be teaching at my studio on my website, which is studioalchemy.art, and then you go under the tab that's Studio Alchemy Gallery and Classes. Um, oh, by the way, uh, every second Saturday of the month, I have my studio open for a little party and um folks can come and see the studio and see new artwork. So um, this coming Saturday, November 10th, we will be open from 1 to 4 p.m. Love to see you there. All right, let's talk about Jules Muck. Jules Muck, um, I found out about her work a few weeks ago. And there's a little story behind this. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it from my own perspective. <laughs> so first I see that a, a friend of mine, a fellow artist, posts a, an article that's about a mural that had just gone up in Indianapolis. And then I see more and more people posting about it. And there were, you know, mixed feelings. And the, the image looked like this. It's of two bunnies and they are embracing each other um, in a way that implies they are probably fucking and uh, one of the bunnies has a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> um, there is no uh, genitalia in the image um, so in uh, it's, it's fairly benign in that it's not it doesn't have detailed uh, 
images like that, if you will, but certainly um, it caused a big stir in my art community. And, and even people who weren't artists were, were really had strong emotional feelings about this piece. I saw, you know, lots of folks who were, you know, moms saying, oh, this is terrible. What if the children see it? And uh, my own personal take on it, um, I will share my opinion and and I'll try not to be on my soapbox too much. But um, my own personal opinion was the person who owns the building, owns the restaurant that it went on, if they liked it and they want it on their wall, then it's within their rights to have it on their wall. Uh, supposedly we have freedom of speech in this country and if, if you want to do something or say something with your own private property, then I think it's within your right to do that. And if people don't like it, then they can you know, not, you, not go to that establishment or whatever. That's their prerogative. Not everybody's going to like everything. But, um, but I was seeing some noises like it should be forcibly taken down which I uh, found offensive um, and and I wanted to get the whole story on what had happened and it was researching uh, different perspectives um, you know that so there was the perspective of the person who owned the restaurant um, it turned out that the, the restaurant owner and the owner of the building were not the same person the owner of the building did decide to um, paint over the bunny mural after it had been up for just a couple of days so so I, I think it's really interesting uh, it, this mural brought up a lot of issues for people you know everything from what do we have the right to put up and not put up within a community um, depending on what the tastes are of the people there and issues of sexuality um, issues of um, you know, and even, you know, what do you tell your children about sex? And, and I mean, it just brought up all sorts of, of issues for people. And I found it really interesting and fascinating. And let me just say that I am a mom. I have a 12-year-old. And I do not ever want to hide the truth of sexuality from my child. <laughs> um, and at any time there's ever been um, an image or somebody said something, then I've used those moments as opportunities to explain to her the facts of life and how our bodies work and how we feel and how we're motivated by sexuality. I don't think that hiding and censoring the truth is ever going to get us anywhere. Um, I think all it will do is just, is just make us more sad. (laughs) And I, I myself want to feel um, that I can express all of my feelings. I know that I'm revolutionary, but uh, I, I just, you know, and this is part of being an artist. I want to share the inner workings in the hope that by shedding light on all of it, we will grow and we will be happier and we will be united. 
at any rate, <laughs> after you know, going through my own processes and feelings about this and uh, seeing other people's reactions, I decided that I wanted to find out more about the story of the bunny mural. And uh, so I decided to reach out to Jules Muck, who is the artist who created the bunny mural. Um, she lives currently in uh, Venice Beach, California, but she travels all over to do murals. She started out as a graffiti artist in the 90s and um, has done murals just I mean, all over the place. If you go to her website, which is julesmuck.com, she's got a long list of places that she's um, painted murals in, including Syrian refugee camps, uh, just things for TV shows. <laughs> she's just she's done a wide variety of things, and it's it's obvious that she's the sort of person who's just painting all the time, and uh, we can uh, see evidence of that in my interview with her, as <laughs> you'll hear in a few minutes. She was painting a mural when I interviewed her, so uh, the recording was a little spotty because we were recording it through a cell phone, and so there are um, some sections that I had to snip and cut just so that it wasn't weird um, because um, she, she cut out a couple of times and at the beginning I'll say there's a beeping sound from some sort of machine in the background but that does end after a minute or two um, so I apologize that especially right at the end it cuts off a little bit abruptly but it's worth uh, it's, it was really worth it to chat with her and get her side of the story um, I found it interesting and you know and particularly for myself you know I'm not a muralist I'm not a graffiti artist um, I but I think it's it's uh, it's an intriguing whole other world, a whole other side to art. I mean, I you know the other day I was I was driving through Indianapolis and I got stopped where there was a train, and this train passed by and it had all this graffiti on it, and I just thought to myself, you know what? It's the, there's this urge within us to make a mark, and uh, and it's it's a primal urge, you know, and I, I think that that's, that's, ex, you know, shown very well with, uh, when you see graffiti art, uh, and just a funny little, uh, tidbit, I love linguistics and the study of the root of words because I'm a big fat dork, but, um, but the root of the word graffiti is from an old Italian word that means to scratch. So, you know, I've seen graffiti art that was 2,000 years old, you know, scratches in the side of old Roman buildings. And I think that, that in the right place, the right time, it can be a powerful way to express um, things that are going on. To be clear, that Jules Muck's uh, bunny mural is is not actually graffiti art, but she does have a background in graffiti art, and I think that the revolutionary uh, side to that uh, definitely shines through in her work. At any rate, okay, so enough babbling by me. <laughs> uh, without further ado, I'll say let's uh, listen to my interview with the lovely Jules Muck. Hello? Hello, is this Jules? Yes, hello. Hey, 
This is Addie Hershey. How are you doing? Right on. I'm just out here uh, painting in uh, New Orleans. Okay. So, yes, you might hear some beeping from the lift, and you okay. might hear some people, but otherwise, I'm all yours. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> cool. Um, what's the story of how you became an artist? Um, well, I'm a former graffiti artist. Um, can I have some of the blue for the sky? And some white. Um, yeah. So I, w- I was a graffiti artist in, um, as a teenager in the 90s. And, okay. uh, and what happened is during one of uh, the times I was painting a rooftop in the Bronx. And, um, you know, this artist, Sandra Fabrera, also known as Lady Pink, uh, saw me from the train okay. and she came up on the roof and she started giving me a little bit of advice and then uh, she got my info and she contacted me and invited me to work with her and as an apprentice for and I stayed on with her for like four years Wow! and she's okay. kind of the person that shaped me into okay. more artistic measures I did for a long time just do letters and tagging and um you know the normal graffiti stuff you see and and uh under her kind of pushing you know she basically just told me go do this go do that (laughs) and i was uh, able to learn how to paint all different things including faces portraits anything and now i paint anything but it all happened from someone telling me paint this and i was like i don't know how to paint that and i'm just saying yeah you do you know, so she she's kind of like my catalyst, and from that came work. She actually, ha- I had a paid apprenticeship, so when I worked with her on jobs, she did pay me right away, and that was the first time I ever got paid for art. And okay. then she started giving me jobs that she didn't want, and I started picking up my own jobs. And said, people see you painting, and they usually ask you to paint. That's my experience. Right. It's so funny because people always ask me, like, oh, I, I can't, you know, I don't, I want to be a painter, but nobody's, there's no money. Oh, sorry, sir. Um, there's no money. And I'm like, well, nobody would have ever paid me to paint if I wasn't already painting. So. Okay. True um, enough. Yeah. So I still do it just for fun a lot of the time, but I do make a, a living now as an artist. And it was a long time in the making. Yeah. Forever. So yeah. Right there. And- but I've been doing this yeah, almost 30 years now. Okay. Okay, and I'm impressed. I must say that you are painting right now when we are recording our podcast because I've, I've recorded a lot of artists. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who was so into it that they multitasked. <laughs> You're painting oh, yeah. at the well, same I'm time. I'm kind of used to it because I I paint in public, so I'm always talking to people. Okay. Like okay. the actually the only thing that's really going to disturb us is not me, me. Um, painting it's me talking to people i'm actually going to have kyle move the lift for me though because i can't figure out how to get to this spot can you get get it over there above the gladiolas i have a hundred foot wall here so i'm working on a massive massive mural okay so and what is what is the mural you're currently doing this in new orleans it's a hundred foot snake I'll send you pictures. It's so sick. It's crazy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's a 100-foot snake with grapes and peaches and flowers around it, and it's got a butterfly coming out of its mouth. Very elaborate piece. 
Okay. I did it three days. It's my biggest mural in New Orleans. Wow. And, um, okay. Yeah. And why the snake? What's appealing about the snake? Well, you know what? I usually just look at the wall. And okay. um, this happened to be a super long wall. Okay. It was more long than high. And, uh, and so, to me, it was the only singular image that would take up a wall would be something long. So, you know, I thought of, I thought of a few different things that are long, but the other twist in it is that the wall is bent. It has a curve. So since the wall has a curve, I thought it's got to be something long that also curves. Okay. So that's where I came up with the snake thing. And, I mean, it didn't hurt that I had a job uh, a week ago to paint a snake and it was in my head. Okay. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, that, it's not that I'm just out here trying to paint snakes. Okay, so my next question for you is for you to share the story of the bunny mural and maybe start at the beginning of, you know, how you came up with the idea for the design, how you ended up doing it in Indianapolis, and your take on uh, the, my community's response. So, and I know you've done this same uh, image before. Um, so, yeah, start at the beginning. Yeah, so the bunnies is something that I did first about maybe two and a half years ago in, um, in Venice, California. I was doing garbage bombing, which is where I was painting on trash all over. I painted... I, I would just look at the trash and okay. I would paint something on it. So I saw this dirty old mattress and uh, and I decided to paint the bunny. Okay. So a lot of times with the garbage bombing, I called it, they would be gone after a while. Sure. So, oh my God, there's a butterfly on the snake. Um, but, uh, yeah, so someone took it and, and later I found out this woman took it and she had it hanging in our house and she ended up getting me a great job with it too. So that was fine. But when it was, yeah, so I painted him on this mural on the liquor store okay. and then I found out that another artist had gone over it okay. and I was really mad and I was going to go kill them pretty much. <laughs> anyway, I was really mad and I was going to go see what was going on because someone had messaged me about it. Okay. I, I stopped to pick up my friend. That's when I got the information that the owner had told this person to go over it. I was still mad that they hadn't contacted me first. But my friend said, listen, if you're mad, just go paint the bunnies somewhere else. Okay. And so after that, I started painting the bunnies everywhere. And uh, I painted them on, you know, I basically put out an APB like I'm looking for a home for these bunnies. <laughs> and a lot of people responded. Okay. And a lot of the people that responded were people with trailers, RV homes in Venice, which is, we had a lot of gentrification. So a lot of the people that work there can't live there. So they have these trailers that are old and started putting the bunnies on these RVs and, and it made them kind of feel like a camaraderie. And then it became like a staple of like kind of the underdog and all okay. the skaters got tattoos of the bunnies. So oh. I did a bunch of bunny tattoos and bunny it tattoos. became a thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. yeah. My boyfriend has one on his neck, oh. and um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people with them now. But um, so anyway, the bunnies became a thing. <clears throat> people started asking me for bunny merch, so I painted them everywhere. And my rule was, I'll paint the bunnies for free for anyone. 
someone tried to buy the bunnies as a trademark, a big beer company actually was starting really? to get into the marijuana industry and they wanted to, me to sell them the bunnies and I declined to okay. sell the bunnies. Um, so I, uh, I have like, you know, I make mugs and t-shirts and stuff and I do stuff with them, but like, that's just, it's not even for a big profit. It's kind of like just so people can have them. You know, okay. Because it was—it's kind of like just my fun thing to do. And um, we've decided. One time, I was painting them, and the male woman the, who was giving out the mail, she was like, "Oh, look, they're producing." And so we say, "Keep producing." It's a logo, <laughs> and that's my logo because I'm like really prolific, as you know. I'm always painting. Okay. And my whole thing is like, no matter what happens, just keep producing. Because you know, okay. you get kicked back, you get. A lot of stuff happens, so the sure. bunnies mean keep producing. The bunnies and, um, mean keep producing. So it's not a sex positive image for you. That that's what sprang to mind the first time I saw it was, this is just sex happens, and this is you know I mean, facts of life. Since it's rabbits, I kind of thought of it. Since it's since it's rabbits, I thought of it more as like a producing thing. But I think it's funny. Like the bottom line is. It's funny. People smile and laugh. I, um, I've heard a lot of different... I don't always know why I do anything. I don't have, like, any kind of agenda. I'm not trying to push anything, sex, okay. whatever. I don't know. I'm, okay. I say keep producing because that woman said it. A lot of the reasons and meanings behind my art I get from other people. I just get ideas in my head. God knows where they came from. And I okay. paint them. Okay. And sometimes there's negative fallout and sometimes there's positive. But my experience with the bunnies is there's a lot of communication around them. And that was what I was told is the reason for art is to make people talk to each other. So the bunnies seem to be my most successful piece in that sense. Uh, in yeah. that it makes people talk. It does. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying yeah. like publicity wise for me, I'm saying people talk to each other about these damn bunnies, you know. <laughs> so they do. I feel, you know, a lot of stuff going on with it. And, and I think it's great. And, um, I don't do bunnies every day, but there's a lot of instances where I just feel like this is appropriate for bunnies. Okay. And the one that happened in Indianapolis, if you're ready for that. Yeah. Uh, the one that happened in Indianapolis was because, first of all, I did a piece on the front that I felt more personified the business. It was the skull with the eye beholder. And I thought, this is cute. And then they were like, said I could do this whole sidewall. And they didn't care what I did. And then, honestly, I was like, well, I don't have all day. Because I wanted, I painted, like, six or seven murals in Indianapolis that day. So I was like, I just want to do my thing that's fast, which is my bunnies. And I also think it's a perfect wall for it, and it's funny. At the time I painted it, I didn't even know if they were going to let me finish painting it. Because it was a business, and I felt that they might be like, no, you can't do that. Even though he had said, do whatever you want, I kind of felt also like calling him on it. Right. Like, we'll see. And um, and then halfway through, he came out. They loved it. Everyone from the restaurant came out. They loved it. They kept saying how it was perfect for them and it embodied what they were about. And and I thought that was cool. And, and I was just relieved that he wasn't mad since it was his place. Right. So I, I really just wanted to finish the piece. So okay. I did. You know, I got to finish it. Am I really surprised there was a whole bunch of naysayers? No. What I'm surprised about is how many people in Indianapolis came forth in defense of the bunny. And, like, 
how many people embrace them and the imagery and how many people like dress up as buddies and send me pictures for Halloween and so many people. I've never, I felt so touched by how many people were mad that the bunnies were gone. They were defensive over this artwork that, you know, okay. I, I, I get a lot of slack sometimes because I'm not from a place and like, how dare you think you can come paint here and blah, blah, blah. You know, certain towns are like that. Okay. I was really happy to find that Indianapolis is not like that. Indianapolis was super embracing. I mean, of course, there was enough people complaining about the bunnies to get it removed by the owner. Because okay. he probably has no attachment to the image or anything about it. Just didn't want phone calls. And I right. totally understand that, too. You know, I get it. I get all the complainers. And, um, you know, I do think it's a little bit. I've already been through it before, you know, so I'm kind of dull to the idea that one shouldn't paint these. Like, you know, I've, there's bad press about this in England. They said the awful rabbits and, you know, whatever they said. But for me, it's like, okay, the, a lot of the things that people don't want to have to explain to their kids that these bunnies are whatever they're doing, which I think is terrible that they don't want to talk to their kids. Right. And, right. you know... The thing about the cigarette, I've heard a few things about that. You know, really you're promoting smoking. I'm like, that's like saying every classic photo of someone with a cigarette is promoting smoking. And, you know, the cigarette image for me, like I said before, is just a symbol of boredom and disinterest and kind of casual, cool to give a fuck while you're getting fucked, basically. And um, Okay. So, and someone else told me, because, like, men were getting mad about the cigarette. Someone told me, you know, it says a lot of the impotence of man and the female disinterest. <laughs> Unsatisfied. <laughs> so that's what someone told me. I was like, that's, that makes sense. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm open to whatever. And again, but, we're um, talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm about it. You know, whatever. Whatever it means. I don't know. I feel like I've seen the image of the bunny something, but I haven't seen it with the cigarette. I mean, the original, original piece that was on the liquor store that got whited out, that one was the bunnies were smoking, fucking, and shitting. So oh. we <laughs> lost the poo. Somewhere along the way, some of the tattoos have poo. But oh. wow. somewhere along the way, we lost the poo. Even oh. though that's a very natural bunny thing also. Right. So right. I think that what's happening is like we're taking something that's completely normal and seen in nature, like... And, like, we make it, like, humanize it to the point that now it's not okay and it's indecent. So, you know, there's a lot of different things to think about with it, which is what I love about it. But um, I got to say, mostly about this whole buddy thing, I love that Indianapolis, like, got behind it. Like, whatever whatever the percentage is that weren't, weren't about it, I have to also say they were not nasty to me. They did not say derogatory things to me. They nice. did not attack me personally. And that is a, that's a, that's different. Let me tell you, like, I go to a different, places they say horrible things to me. And sometimes I haven't even chosen the mural. It's stuff that people have hired me to do. And, um, okay. and I get this severe backlash. And, and, uh, and one thing about Indianapolis, as much as they didn't like the mural, they did not attack me personally. Not one person was mean or derogatory or tried to defame me they they were actually really cool and um, I don't know what they said to the owner of the building or you know whatever sure. else they complained to yeah. but I'm pretty accessible and if they wanted to berate me like they could have found me 
Yeah. And, uh, and they didn't do that. And I'm super grateful for that. I, I really am because I, I'm sensitive and I hate it when people are mean. Sure. Especially when I'm just like not trying to upset anyone, but you can't help it these days. You always, you know, can step on people's toes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it, um, <sighs> let me think about how to phrase this. I mean, have you ever thought about just doing very, very safe artwork and then there never would be backlash ever? <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of impossible to do super. I, I don't know that. I feel like in a lot of ways, for the most part, I do play it safe. Okay. But, um, I don't always know where the line is. Like, even when I was painting the bunnies in Indianapolis, I couldn't really be sure. Because now I've painted them everywhere, right? I've been painting them all over these trailers. To me, they become benign. Okay. And so I ended up texting someone, actually, and I was like, is this that? Like, the girl who introduced me to the restaurant? I was like, am I not supposed to do this? And she was like, no, if he said do it, just do whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, like, because I can't realize, like, I mean, I've had way bad worse things happen. I got in trouble with, with uh, Homeland Security after 9-11 because I painted a larger-than-life-size portrait of Osama bin Laden as Jesus Christ. You know, like, oh. I've been in trouble. Like, I've been vilified as a Nazi for painting Charles Manson, you know? I've oh. been, all these things have happened to me, you know? from things that I've painted. I've been beat up before for things that I've painted. I've been jailed before. So, so like, I don't, when I paint the bunnies, that's benign for me. That's okay. not sad, you know? And I do try, for the most part, to make people laugh. So you have to be a little bit out there from the norm. Like, I don't want to just okay. paint something that's already been painted and be like, well, people already like this, so I'll just paint this. You right. know, okay. I want to paint something that is my thing and, and kind of, for the most part, people like, or I think they like, but it's really crazy, like, how often I'm wrong, (laughs) and people get mad, so, you know, but as an artist, I'll be honest with you, I don't try to read into what I do that much, and I don't know if it's a mistake or not, but I could tell you that, like, I've had success as an artist by being detached from my work, and being receptive to, like, whatever idea flows into me, Okay. And so that's how I've had my best outcomes. So for me to question the things that flow into me is a mistake. Okay. I okay. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if there's a way to do this pain-free, this whole artist thing. Because, <laughs> like, as far as I can tell, people always have something to say and complain. And, uh, and I, can't, I can't stop it, you know, and I definitely can't please everyone I don't think that's ever gonna happen no yeah you can't yeah it is interesting because my last question for you is gonna be what is the message you're trying to convey with your artwork and it almost sounds like you're you're just um going with the flow and maybe just putting some faith in the truth of it and just yeah I'm just putting it out there but you're not trying to, um, you know, proselytize to the masses. This is the message that you need to get from this because they're going to make something new from it. Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to, I don't have an agenda. I really love to paint and it makes me feel good. And I love it when people like it and, you know, I like response, but I don't, I'm getting like a little over. I'm not into the negative shit. 
Yeah. Uh, it's cool if they don't like it and they get rid of it, whatever they do, they do. But, like, I don't, I just don't want to be abused. Yeah. If you, if you read, like, some of the emails that I get or some of the comments on my Instagram, people are so mean to me. Like, they say the nastiest shit. Oh. And, like, not about the bunnies. The Indianapolis people were cool. That's what I mean. Like, but other places, like, okay. they'll, like, rip you apart. I don't even get it. I don't, you know, and this whole thing that is happening right now in America with, like, you're not from here is, like, a big thing. Oh. Like, you're not from here is, like, really intense. I don't oh. know why that is because I'm not really from anywhere. So I, I get it no matter where I go. I'm like, great, I'm not from anywhere. So no matter what, I'm wrong. Right. But, uh, you know, so it's hard. It's hard. And um, I'm not going to say that I would stop painting or anything. I'm hoping that I get a thicker skin, maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I always feel very personal about my art. You know, when I make it, it um, it's, it's like, oh, this is a little slice of me that I'm putting on display here. And it just, it can be very uh emotional if people cut it apart you know um and and i certainly i have a lot of pieces that i don't share with anybody they're just they're literally in the closet <laughs> so um yeah i don't know i think i'm admiring you for being so brave as to just boldly put them out there anywhere and maybe part of that's from being a graffiti artist and and um, oh yeah starting there yeah, I would have never thought to do. Yeah, it's so painful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really grateful that you reached out to connect with me. And yeah, awesome, awesome. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to your painting, Jules. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye. You have been listening to the Alchemy of Art podcast. To find out more about Addie Hirshton and her work, go to azirfineart.com. That's A-Z-H-I-R-F-I-N-E-A-R-T.com.